everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a show, if you're not aware, we are going through the entirety of Metallica's back catalogue. We are taking all the songs, we're putting them in alphabetical order, regardless of context, regardless of where they fall on this glorious timeline of, you know, classic metal history. You know, God, love this band. Obviously, a lot of you guys do. I want to thank all of you for subscribing. You know, lately I've seen quite a boon in numbers, thanks to Clint and Ethan from Metal Lot Your Podcast, who have guested for some great episodes with um, Better Than You and Black. And, like, you know, I, I know we didn't agree so much, Clint, on, on Better Than You, but like I, I appreciate we had the dialogue it, it was great and Ethan as well was fantastic so shout out to both of those guys shout out to all the episodes that we've been doing we've had some great guests on you know we've had so Ray Burton who I saw was at the Rose Bowl recently great to see photos of him checking out on the Twitter I post that um at Metallica Pod and um yeah lots of ways you can get in touch with the show as well of course MetallicaPod at gmail.com we have the, with the Patreon as well if you want help to support the show I've sort of simplified the Patreon of late it's just basically you know a kind of two donation tier the first donation gets you access to you know discord chat that we're doing on on the channel at the moment and also get you access to kind of you know um a shout out on, on an episode as well there's only two patrons so far so please you know donate i'm happy happy to uh include you and we've got also the second tier which you get access to kind of bonus content at the moment there's um a near hour review that i did with dave dave you may remember i've had on for all in my hands and, and bad seed we reviewed the moscow 91 concert um you know in, in recently kind of uh quote-unquote liberated russia uh amazing amazing black album era concert we went deep through the concert so if you want to listen to that, that obviously will go on the youtube channel eventually but if you want preview access to that you can support us on patreon as well but um yeah really excited to be back with another episode and with another guest to seb how's it going man hey how's it going tom it's uh, I, I mean it's an honor for me to have you on seb because you were the first guy who you man into the show yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you were the first guy who reached out when I was just kind of like Metallica fans, what's up? And it was uh, it was great to yeah. make your acquaintance. Thank you. I came across a podcast on Reddit, I think, mm. and I just really liked the content and what you were doing. So I thought I'd shoot you my story of uh, my experience seeing Metallica live. Yeah, and yeah, it was a great response from you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was great to hear from you as well. And I mean, you know, for, personally for me, one of the things that I love doing this show is not only about the band, but it's about you know the fans, the people that I just meet through the show, and the people I get to listen to. And um, you're joining me from somewhere that I don't think I've had anyone from yet from uh, Egypt. I'm from Egypt, yes. Which is, it, I mean, you know, obviously... we don't live on camels, right? <laughs> we don't go to school on camels, live in the pyramids. <laughs> Normal questions we get from Westerners. <laughs> Okay, do not okay. live in pyramids yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i i mean i mean fascinating period of history no doubt in a certain sense i think you know it's kind of uh you know I- incredible but and i guess creeping death to a certain extent is a kind of egyptian metallica song yeah it is ish uh, yeah the plague yeah i what are your thoughts on creeping death in general um i like i mean i like all of metallica songs i'm more into the 90s stuff mm-hmm. don't shoot me but uh, <laughs> it's just what i'm more drawn to and, and you know that's a song that we are going to um touch upon obviously you know with bleeding me but but before we get into you know the review of the song like i mean in broad strokes how, how did you get into the band what were your first experiences i think it was uh, 2001 or 2002 it was the summer when saint anger came out hmm. and my cousin was visiting me i had no i mean i just knew metallica as it was just this household name, like anything that's hard rock is yeah. Metallica to us. Sure. Um, anyway, he came and he was like, I have to get the album, I have to get the album. We drove around, looked for the album, listened to it. 
Saint Anger is some kind of monster. I was like, I like some kind of monster, Saint Anger, not so much. Mm. Um, but yeah, from then on, I just looked into their older stuff. Sad but true was the one that really like. As soon as I heard that first riff, I was I was hooked from then on. Mm. And I mean, but ironically, Saint Anger is my least favorite album. Right, one that really. To. Your yeah. least favorite, okay? So, Seb, like, I mean, I I know you listen to the show. Obviously, I I am a bit of a crusader for Saint Anger, personally. Yeah. Um, I I, I do. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Like, I do feel it's you know unduly slept on, but that but that's cool. I you know I'm fighting a corner, and maybe that's why I, I mean, like it. But taking yeah. into account what was happening during that time, mm. I guess it's understandable. Yeah, it really is kind of life imitating art in its rawest form, isn't it? It's like you know yeah. you're so aware through some kind of monster etc of the turmoil the band was going through and sonically you know it yeah. is you know devastating in, in, in a certain way so you know obviously lots and lots to get through but talk to me about kind of the the egyptian taste in a wider sense like it, it, does western music dominate or um i mean i guess uh, egypt is very classist mm. so the majority of people probably don't even know what metallica is even though you do hear, just like I said, like Metallica's a household name. So if they hear anything that's like distortion guitar, it's Metallica. You know, they say it like that, even though they might not know any songs for it. But um, I mean, there is a metal scene here. It's not too big. Mm. But yeah, I actually saw a cover band uh, at this bar once, a Metallica cover band. Right. That's pretty cool. And it was very odd to see in this country. And did they kind of try and represent them physically? Uh, not really. No, no. <laughs> no. They look, they look more like they were into death metal, but right, 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 they, right, right. They, they did it pretty good. It was pretty good. And um, you were in your second year at Montreal um, University when you found out they were touring. Is that right? Yeah, and at that point, I wasn't even. I mean, I had started to like lose interest in them. Mm. I would, I would have them on my iPod or whatever, but. I was listening to other genres of music, but then uh, Death Magnetic came out. I had to listen to it. And then I got back into it. I started playing guitar again, everything. Mm. So, yeah, so I had kind of a hiatus in the middle. And then I found out that they were coming. So I, I had to go, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you know the story. Yeah, but I mean, you, so you saw them twice, right? In a row. Yeah. Crazy. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, as I told you on the email, mm. I found out my study permit was uh, expired in the summer when I was, I went back to Egypt, so my study permit expired, I didn't know, and it almost seemed like I was not going to see them ever again, because I would just get stuck in Egypt, I had no way to come back to Canada, and then a week before the concert, I get my permanent residency, mm. so that was my ticket back into Canada. I come here and my friend has an extra ticket for the first show. So I went and saw them twice. Two That's, days in a row. Yeah, was, man. That is... <laughs> was, the the first day was definitely better, but mm-hmm. um, just just the first time experience, of course. Yeah. And I had a better seat, so... <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I've not seen them yet. I, I'm seeing them... Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm seeing them in October, though, in Birmingham, uh, the UK. So very, very excited yeah. for that. But I mean, uh, talk to me about seeing them for the first time. What what is that feeling like? Like I I, I think it's going to be quite emotional for me personally. Like you know, just to sort of yeah. find, finally like you know experience this band I adore. 
It was. I couldn't even believe it that I was in the same vicinity as, <laughs> as these people that I've been watching on screen for yeah. eight years. Surreal, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was, no, it was an awesome show. I mean, they live up to... I've seen them millions of times, but it's it's something new when you see it live. Mm-hmm. Seen them on TV, I mean, millions of times. Did they... I mean, we're going to get to the song shortly. Did they play Bleeding Me in those... They didn't, no. Oh, okay. Okay. But, um, yeah, I guess it's not one of those uh, most... And back then, they were doing the whole voting system. Right. So everyone obviously votes for Enter Sandman and won all the popular ones. So the one, the one that I was really glad to hear that I didn't think I would was turning the page turn the page sorry mm. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. turn the page is another one of my favorites yeah it's um it's funny you mention that actually because looking at their stats um bleeding me been performed 160 times live which I mean you know there's a lot of their songs which are a lot more than that so it's not kind of a standout number yeah. but first performed September 6 1996 in Vienna um last performed in the mountain view california october 23rd 2016 so that was kind of a benefit show i believe or something like that um so you know yeah not not the most snm yeah yeah snm as well i mean it, it's it's had quite yeah i guess the snm kind of airing kind of solidifies it doesn't it as a live yeah. entity to a certain extent but yeah it's just it, it it's not one of their larger numbers but i think in the consciousness of metallica fan everyone knows bleeding me yeah no and 160 times over Two years, twenty years. So that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not kind of not like a justice off cut that's kind of stayed in eighty nine. It's like you know it has kind yeah. of um, gone across the span there. But before before we dig too deep into bleeding me, I just want to read out um, you know two questions. Two guys that have got in touch with us. Sure. Uh, we are metallicapod at gmail.com or at least I am. Email the show if you want to come on the show. Like Seb, let me know. Just say can we do this song? I will say yes. Let's let you know. Let's get into this. So yeah, if you want to come on. Um, I pretty much booked up to the B's and C's, so D onwards, kind of, you know, go from there. There's a few that obviously reserve, but um, shout me out, metallicabrothergmail.com. I've got two emails to get into. Uh, the first one is from Adil. Adil says, Greetings, Tom. My name is Adil. Literally produced Adil. He helpfully adds in brackets. I'm a huge Metallica fan and an avid listener of Alpha Metallica. I actually just started listening to your podcast about a week ago and I've already caught up. I personally love, to whatever extent, every single Metallica album. A bit fanboyish, I admit, but I genuinely find something to appreciate on every single record. My personal favourite Metallica albums are Load and Reload. Okay. Don't get me wrong, I love their first four albums too. In fact, in my opinion, Master of Puppets is technically their best album because it's just so well balanced with lots of meaningful lyrics and melodic and virtuosic guitar and bass parts, along with its abundance of heavy and thrashy moments. I think that's a great review, actually, deal. Yeah, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It really is that. Um, however, he continues, I personally respect Metallica probably the most for doing whatever they wanted to do, never being tied down by one particular sound style or even genre. I love the exploration and creativity of both Load and Reload, and I think some of James's best lyrics are found on his albums. I tend to prefer Reload load a bit more to load and the house that jack built bleeding me the outlaw torn and fixer are among my favorites but every single song of these two albums really does have a special place in my heart yes even weaker songs like better than you which yeah shout, shout out clint uh sliver prince charming attitude our oh, attitude stuck sucks as well i'm sorry um but i can still totally <coughs> understand why these songs let alone these two albums are not everyone's favorites and it's personally my personal taste in fact, my top five Metallica songs a deal gives uh, in some sort of order. Number five is Fixer. Number four is Frayed Ends of Sanity. Number three is Bleeding Me, which is you know, interesting that again, you know, big, big response. And uh, a deal's top two, I can't really disagree with. His second is Orion, which is definitely one of my favorite Metallica songs. I think yeah. it's genius. I think it's a masterpiece. And then Fade to Black, which 
Ah, yeah. Mm. Like personally, creeping me, cre- creeping, creeping death. Sorry, um, for me, um, Seb. Just to interrupt the email quickly, like let's talk about your sort of top five. Can you give us any? Uh, yeah, sure. In no particular order. Yeah, let's go. Sab- yeah. Sad but true. Bleeding me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? Unforgiven two. Wow, Unforgiven two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh. For whom the bell tolls, SNM version oh, for sure. Well, all the SNM songs and Devil's Dance. Okay, Devil's Dance SNM version is number one, definitely. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can and- listen to that all day. <laughs> and a deal uh, continues, even though you've only made a small dent in Metallica's back catalog by get- just getting through the A's. Uh, yeah, we're on the B's now. Uh, I'm quite thrilled to be joining you for the ride. You spend the next couple of years getting through every single Metallica song. So far, I say very well done, a deal. Thank you very much. He finalises, I do have a question. If Metallica releases new material, or perhaps even an entirely new album in the next couple of years to explore their back catalogue, how would you incorporate the new songs in your reviews, if at all? For example, if there's new Metallica songs in the near future beginning with A, how would you approach reviewing these songs, even though you've finished the A's? Keep up the good work and have a good week. Thank you, Adil. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, in a certain sense, there's this stroke of fortitude where Hardwired has literally just come out kind of, a, you know, about six months before I do the podcast. So, you know, recent and kind of upload history so I can kind of absorb those and move on. Will Metallica release a new song or album in the three years or so that I'm doing this? I would bet against it, just, you know, from knowledge of the band, they kind of take a little one, maybe an EP here and there. And if that happens, you know, whatever, bonus episodes, we'll we'll fill in the gaps. I'm sure that when I finish the show, you know, there'll be loads of songs that I missed, like, you know, odd covers or whatever. And then we'll just go back and, you know, do all those episodes again. So it's all good. But Adil, thank you for the great email. And get us MetallicaPod at gmail.com. And um, our second and final email comes from Kevin Van Dam. He says, Tom... Loving the podcast, the interview Ray Burton was a real treat. I wanted to ask you, partly in preparation for my own appearance on the show, shout out Kevin, Kevin is coming on the show shortly, what resources do you look for in your research? I just finished Mick Wall's book, his fantastic book, and Metallica.com is always a great source. Uh, But are there any other things that you found that may not be an obvious resource? Just curious. Keep up the good work. I look forward to every episode. Great question, Kevin. Um, Yeah, there's quite a few books that I use definitely alongside Mick Wall's book which I agree is fantastic like you know um the first kind of proper Metallica book I got was Into the Black um and Birth School Metallica Death you know those were the kind of real real standout books there that's the kind of dual trilogy you know featuring Paul Brannigan who obviously I've had on the show as well and um you know crazy crazy stuff there but then when I got the Mick Wall book I found it a bit more concise like I didn't feel the Metallica story necessarily had to be stretched across two books like you know one of the people that I'm a giant giant fan of that I used to do a podcast of was Tom Waits and Barney Hoskins wrote Low Side of the Road which anyone who's read that book is easily the one of the best ever musical biographies is absolutely stunning you know tom waits is incredibly enigmatic virtuosic kind of guy you know a kind of real mercurial personality and it nails it in like five six hundred pages and metallica i always say this on the show i love metallica but they're not that complex like they're kind of like you know they're not they obviously they're very deep in a certain sense they're very profound but they don't have the kind of you know the absolute you know bembezzlement of someone like you know tom waits whatever so it could have been done in one book and mick wall's book i think is absolutely concise 
sorry i'm raving about mink wall here um master of puppets back to the front um incredible coffee table book all about the history of the kind of 86 tour the kind of post ride the lightning tours the prepping recording with fleming rasmussen a uh, shout out fleming great guest you know with cliff a, a incredible document of a book i love that book i also recently got a hardback book which is kind of a collection of um so what which is their kind of you know kind of quarterly magazine that they would release i think they still release it maybe the website's replaced it incredible book so many like long interviews where it's like james interviews jason and it's like two pages of like psychological mid-90s you know kind of drama it's awesome and loads of documents just they do this london gig and it's like lars writes an essay about the gig and like oh man so so good so many good books um i need to do an episode really on books metallica unchained by kj dalton i really really like as well um you know just uh, really but yeah, but I think Back to the Front would probably be the number one that I'd push on to you. I know a lot of people that I've had on the show have read that book. I've spoke to a lot of people on Facebook who enjoy the book as well. So yeah, that is the killer, killer book. But um, yeah, uh, is anything for you, Seb? Have you read any great Metallica books? Uh, not really. No, I didn't no. read any books, but okay, okay. DVDs, concerts, all that stuff. Okay. A year and a half in the life of Metallica, was it called? Yes, yes, that's yeah. gold. That's gold. Yeah, some kind of monster, of course. Yeah, yeah. I but need to. I've ne- I haven't watched through the Never. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah. How is it? It's pretty cool. It's a movie slash concert, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Cool special effects and stuff. Okay. Okay. It's fun. Okay. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll have to do an episode on that, reviewing it. Of course, one day we'll. One day we'll get to it. Um, I think Matt, like your podcast, already done it, but we're going to overlap, you know, and it's kind of going to be uh, interesting comparatively. But we'll get to Bleeding Me which you know is a standout song for a hell of a lot of people you know you yourself put it in your top five before we begin picking through like what is it about this song what what you know what what do you love so much i remember reading uh, an article once and they were asking james um, what were his favorite uh, what what was his favorite metallica song or something like Mm -hmm. that but he ended up mentioning that there are some songs that uh, aren't very popular but that are very uh, that he thinks are very very powerful, mm. and he mentioned Bad Seed and Bleeding Me. Wow! And at that point, that was the first time. Up till then, I was just listening to Metallica songs. I knew the I knew the lyrics and everything, but I never really thought of thought deeply into what the lyrics meant. So after I read that, I listened to Bleeding Me, and I that was actually the moment when I realized how profound his uh, his lyrics are. Mm. So yeah, so it's lyrically, and then everything sort of just the solo. I love the solo too. Mm, mm. And the song is one of levels, isn't it? It's of like building, yeah. um, instrumentation, growth, and rebuild. I like the way it starts off with the riff and the drums. Like it's kind of almost in media res. You know, it's kind of happening as you join the song. It's not like it could have started on just a guitar lick and then the drums yeah. come in and then. But this, it's already got this kind of semblance of this kind of silky slimy in the best possible you know loose kind of that that riff like that's the kind of simple hetfield you know mechanical in a in a glorious kind of way like it's a it's a riff you can build a song on quite easily mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and there's just so much emotion coming from i don't know if it's confirmation bias after i read what he said in the article mm-hmm. but you can in and in, uh, in, even in the studio version but even live uh, you you can you just feel like a lot of emotion coming out of him. Like the song is really close to his heart, and it. I mean, when you see 
when you uh, when you think about what the lyrics mean, how he was basically in this alcoholic phase, and uh, how he's um, how he's harming himself, mm. and I think that this the the way he says about the thorn in his side is from from the tree he planted. I thought that was probably one of the best lines I've heard in in music. Wow, yeah, yeah, it is, it is deep, isn't it? And it's the way, yeah. he, it's the way he sings it as well. It's got this repetitive phrasing nature that it feels almost like a sort of chain gang song. It feels quite, you know, ancient and and southern, and you know, and, and I love how over the top of the riff you have that repetitive Kirk like like that kind of you know real mm-hmm. piercing kind of reminds me a little bit of guns and roses civil war actually the kind of same thing they and they do it as well on my yeah. michelle actually guns and roses likes to do this where they have the you know the lead guitar kind of entering a certain dissonant element over the top before it all kicks in and you know it yeah. it, it does have this kind of entrancing groove to it that metallica rarely get this kind of like you know hypnotic mm-hmm no, and even the, I mean, if you think about the, the lyrics, I'm digging my way, I'm digging my way to something, I'm digging my way to something better. So pretty much that whole course is just one line mm-hmm. that was just, I mean, in terms of the, the content, in terms of the actual words that are said, mm-hmm. there are like six words per, per verse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah, then I'm pushing to stay, I'm pushing to stay with something, I'm pushing to stay with something better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the same thing for the rest of them. It, it 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 works and and you know it yeah. is that vocalization of it like when he sings like caught under wheels you know and it's yeah. that the way he says roll and the way the guitars there's always this sense of like almost going underneath something something coming on top of you like it, it has this like crash element to it the chorus that is so yeah, effect- yeah. it's really effective yeah i see what you're saying about the wheels yeah and then yeah, it's yeah sort of like a wheel that's yeah 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 um and you know i love and I the t- last part obviously uh when he uh when he i can't take it yeah he keeps repeating i can't take it it's just pure emotion come like he's actually screaming and you feel like he's actually feeling the way that he's that he's uh, he's describing he's feeling mm. this Mm-hmm. and the kind of the bends kind of following as his register rises and yeah. just you know and I, I like Lars in this song as well I think Lars finds a lot of moments to really shine and help to build the sort of cathartic intensity of the choruses yeah no Lars is awesome everywhere in every song <laughs> are, you, I mean, even are, you, are you a big Lars guy yeah no I just I realize I feel like there's a difference between the way he plays and other people play like when I would listen to um, maybe a Guns N' Roses song or or an Alice in Chains song, I'd always feel like he could have added like a fill in there, but that's probably Lars in my head, kind of uh, influencing what I what I like to hear in drums. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was clear, but uh... yeah, yeah, no, definitely, he does he does well, he does well throughout the whole song, and you know, you can sort of, um, I like when the song begins as well, you can sort of hear James slightly before the verse kicks in going like, yeah, like that, it's kind of, you know, it sort of builds in, and he does really? have the, yeah, yeah, you can sort of hear it in the eaves of the song if you wear your headphones, it's it's quite cool, and it gives it this loose nature, it's, you know, we're a long way from the Fleming Rasmussen and Justice for All, you know, choke point kind of rhythms, this is a lot mm-hmm. more loose, you can feel, and the song 
has this kind of submerged Atlantean quality to it. It feels quite nautical, you know. I I, I don't know what it is about it. It just feels quite distant, but but still strong. It takes up to three minutes, um, Seb, to get to the chorus. It's very much a kind of catch and release sort of song. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's interesting too. Mm-hmm. What do you think the song means, or what does it mean I, I to guess you? I, it, self pur- like purging. I think kind yeah. of you know a, a sense of rehabilitation of kind of confronting what poisons you you know and aiming to kind of you know in acknowledging it perhaps rid yourself of it to a certain extent and dwelling in it because it does have that trap nature you know the, mm-hmm. the anaphora uh, of of these phrases and it, it just it gets this loose kind of you know inescapable quality which I really like embodied through the the slide guitar um which comes in from kirk like yeah. it has this this slippy meandering mysterious like nah, the way it goes at the octave mm-hmm. and it, it leads you on and it's kind of um structurally quite odd where it's long verses about three minutes in big chorus then musical interlude i.e the kirk stuff i've mentioned then chorus again yeah which is like you know it's kind of uh almost zeppelin-esque it kind of has a kind of like you know uh, a quite wild nature to it that just kind of embellishes the length successfully mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty easy to play too i mean it's mm. uh, it, it doesn't take a take much skill to play it I no mean, it just sounds great no yeah it, yeah thing. it's a long long way from uh from dyer's eve i suppose um do you and- play anything by the way any instruments uh, yeah, I, I play guitar actually. Yeah, I play I play quite a bit of right. guitar. Yeah, um, not really much Metallica, more more like finger style stuff, like Beatles stuff. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think Metallica are one of those bands. I think I mentioned this before. Like, if you're learning guitar, they're so. I remember being as a kid yeah. playing uh, King Nothing and just like loving it, just thinking this was so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the '90s stuff is definitely much easier to play than the other stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. You can see a kind of, uh, but it's still got a good feel. Like something like you know, wherever I may roam, like that. That's a that's a hard song to play well. Yeah. No, I mean that's what I like about it. That, mm. that it's it's just simple. Uh, what's it called? It's simple chords and and it just sounds sounds great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we get that you know very Sabbathy kind of riff in the bridge. That kind of you know relishes that that down like very load kind of riff actually like it has a kind of you know pulse a headbang to it and James singing over it. What did you think of when he sings this kind of like dual vocals? Isn't there panned in? I am the beast that feeds the beast. That part, yeah, yeah. I like that he has. There's like a background vocal that's yeah. like very beasty. You can say, yeah. It's like the yeah. two the two sections of his personality, you know, the yeah. kind of angel and devil, I suppose, to a certain extent. These kind of warring uh, elements, and it, yeah, it's successful actually. It is, it is good, and we get the big chorus as well, and the drums just sound totemic. And I mean, what what do you think of Kirk's solo? Uh, I like that solo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the first. It's probably one of the only ones that I know how to play fully, actually. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, I don't think I can elaborate on it like like you can. You have much better understanding of it than me do than I do about music in general. But um, no, I think it's I think it's one of their best ones. All in all, the whole song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how it, it retreats back as well. The song it doesn't kind of end on a huge note. It kind of goes back to the yeah. intro. Um, 
which reminds me a lot of No Quarter by Led Zeppelin as well. I don't, I don't know why I'm comparing them to Led Zeppelin that much, but it kind of has that element to me to a certain extent. But and someone structure-wise, I'm... it's uh, very similar to Nothing Else Matters. Yeah, yes, it is actually. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah, with the solo at the end. Um, I love that song, and it just kind of you know ends as it begins. I saw um, a good post on Reddit actually, which basically talked about the lyric "I am the blood, I am release." And how that like that explains the album cover. Oh, so it's uh, yeah. yeah, pretty. You know, obviously the album cover is apparently semen and blood. So is it? Yeah, did you not know? <laughs> no, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, at all. Shit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, it's still semen and blood. Huh? It is. Yeah, I mean, it still looks kind of cool. But I appreciate how that turns <laughs> turns the people off. Like, um, it was some art piece or something. From yeah, what I know. Right? Yeah, it was the same as uh, same as Reload. I forget the name of the guy at the moment, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was some some art piece that Lars and uh, <laughs> Lars and Kirk no doubt kind of manhandled into it, but um, you know okay, now I, it does look like semen, mm-hmm. and I um it I, looks like semen, but just ruined the yeah. album cover for me. Thanks. <laughs> it re- it really does look like it as well. Yeah, it's not it's not much the imagination. Yeah, no, uh, it does. <laughs> so I um just before the episode went on, I put on our um on our Twitter uh, at Metallica Pod basically about um the song asking people what they thought about the song in brief, brief mm-hmm. little spurts there uh william irving of bleeding me says one of my favorite songs ever metallica can satisfy me all the time due to their musical, musical diversity bleeding me is just a masterpiece uh luke, luke says one of my favorites from the load and reload era i find james's vocal performance quite powerful especially in the chorus snm version is the best mm-hmm. yes yeah. i mean do you agree um what i find weird is my favorite songs are all on snm i don't know if snm influenced that or if it was just my luck mm. but uh yeah no i'm always listening to snm versions of all these songs i rarely ever listen to studio versions mm-hmm. anymore but when i do listen to metallica it's snm for whom the belt holds for me is well yeah yeah oh the crowd on that is so good yeah the crowd sound fantastic yeah. on that um uh, Logan says a great song on a great album. Love that whole section of Load until it sleeps bleeding me. Um, Logan, who I'm going to have on soon for Broken Beat and Scar, which is going to be very very good in a few weeks. Uh, Tom says fantastic. One of the few longer songs that ha- that doesn't feel too long. It's a real journey. Would love to see it played live more. Um, Connoisseur says just into this morning. A favor mine. Such a kick ass solo. And finally, uh, Chris says best song on Load and their most underrated song they've ever recorded. That's a big statement, Seb. Do you agree? I could agree with that. Wow. One of them, at least. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Well, um, any closing thoughts on bleeding me? Uh, no, I think we've mm-hmm. I've said it all. Yeah, we <laughs> we've certainly <laughs> spoken about the song for quite a while. So let us know yeah. in the comments uh, what you think of bleeding me, what you think of the episode, what you're looking forward to, general Metallica stuff. Obviously, get at me metallicabot at gmail dot com. I'll read your email on the show if you want to be on the show. Um, all that good stuff, you know, just all the descriptions there, Patreon and all that stuff. Seb, this has been great, man. Thank you for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me, man. It's been great.